Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I was going to add in some reference to Indiana Jones, but I can't remember going on in that world right now. There's so much going on, I'm Ken Napsack. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and I'm trying to keep Indiana Jones and Star Wars straight as well. And I'm Jennifer Landa, and I have not seen the movie. (laughs) (laughs) The Indiana Jones movie, that is. Yes. Yes. We will say nothing. Yes, we will keep it 
keep it uh, under wraps here. Uh, yeah, I, you know, years of improv training, but it's been decades since I've been on an improv stage. And sometimes when I'm like, let me throw in a wrinkle to this podcast intro. It's going to trip me up. I can't do that. <laughs> uh, from the center of the galaxy and from uh, Indiana Jones' heart to you. Hey, everybody, we're here to talk some Star Wars news, some breaking news from a long time ago, including a little bit of news uh, that we're not going to dive into, but we're acknowledged that it's happening today uh, with the Acolyte. But before we get to all of that, uh, we want to remind you, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash four center over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. You have a place to listen to it. You can get the book by going to audibletrial.com slash four center. A little bit later, we'll have our uh, four center recommends an audiobook we think you should try out on us. But Joseph, we are uh, also asking as we've been doing, and it's been wonderful to get the response. That is right. We are continuing to uh, discuss our Patreon, advertise, ask about our Patreon. A ton of people have joined us in the last couple of months. It was we've done a bigger push, and that means we've unlocked uh, a bunch of cool rewards, including uh, it made it possible to do this uh, other center experiment where Ken and I uh, discussed all of the Indiana Jones films leading up to uh, Dial of Destiny. Those were available uh, on on Patreon for weeks and then we released them to the public you all made that happen you also made it happen that jennifer is working on at this point what sounds like an entirely brand new youtube show (laughs) (laughs) originally designed to be let's take those audios that are so good and just you know put some pictures uh and it sounds like jennifer is out there in the wild investigative reporting uh random studios (laughs) in van nuys uh and that, the U- new YouTube show, five episodes of The Jedi Beat with Pictures, is going to be premiering on Monday, July 17th, thanks to you. So if you are interested in becoming a part of the Patreon, that's the kind of stuff that's going to happen. There's going to be more uh, coming soon. This is our Ask segment, but uh, I'll also throw in a, a thanks. Uh, thank you all for your support and your patience as we have slowed down a little bit in our normal <laughs> monstrous <laughs> recording schedule. Uh, we've all been busy. We've had some focus on Indiana Jones and other life stuff. Uh, so thank you, everyone, who has been understanding. And we will be ramping back up soon for Ahsoka and whatnot. That is it. Yeah, no, I want to echo what Joseph said. We mentioned before, but uh, it just it's that, um, man, I feel I feel shame and guilt for just taking that <laughs> So weird. So weird to be like, so sorry. So sorry we didn't do nine hours of broadcasting this week. But uh, we actually really <laughs> do love doing that. And uh, so we're going to get there. Uh, hopefully this uh, this uh, unplanned break, which has uh, a kind of a soft, uh, uh, like you said, soft uh, end with Ahsoka, uh, gives me more time to read the comics. I went and got more of my comics. And I have a, a stack of com- Star Wars comics so big it can't fit into a bag. I have to wow. <laughs> just have it on the coffee tables. They slide because comics slide everywhere too. So it's been a mess. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. Thank you all uh, for supporting us on patreon.com slash four center. I can't wait for Jennifer series. Jennifer uh, update. Uh, has, has it broken your soul yet? You're still excited. What's going on? I, yes, exactly. I live in the archives now. Just call me Jocasta <laughs> new digging through the archives. You know, it's, I spent, I think like eight hours on Saturday. Um, I don't even know, like, I don't even know what I was doing. I just was looking for footage, but it's amazing 
how going from the Stuart Freeborn UK shoot of the Moss Eisley Cantina, right? And mm-hmm. the creatures he designed versus Rick Baker's team. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more behind the scenes making of, there's just a lot more photos of mm-hmm. Rick Baker and his team, which I was so thankful for. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, finally. Um, so, so I can tell the story properly. But one thing I learned and I did not know this, and I thought I knew all the Moss Eisley Cantina characters. This week I learned that there are three, and correct me if I'm wrong in the pronunciation, Godel mm-hmm. characters. Uh, they, they look like the goats, those guys. There's, mm-hmm. or there, I think there's a female one. Uh, there's three of them, but they use the same mask for all three. And then the outfits that they found were just like, you know, from other bar patrons. I mean, they really kind of slapped it together on some of these characters. And the genius thing is that when it's all said and done, you can't even tell. No. It's just all, it's amazing what they pulled off. So yes, my my spirit was reinvigorated mm. after I got to the Rick Baker section. Mm. Yeah, it Love was it. fun. See, I, I was going to ask you a bunch of questions, but I realized I can just wait for the answers <laughs> on your show about the sequence and who made what and all that. Right, right. It is it is pretty fascinating. And it's, it's interesting, too, to see how pe- different people tell the story and trying to piece together what mm. maybe is the truth, mm. right? Everything's kind of true to a certain point of view. So. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to be a little bit more objective because some people do share some opinions that I'm not so sure about if are completely accurate. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating. I'll, maybe I'll, I'll tell you guys off air. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our, Did our, Stuart Freeburn and, and <laughs> Rick Baker uh, yeah, have a fight that then their moms told them not to have? <laughs> no, no. And obviously Stuart Freeburn and his family mm. uh, continued on with the Star Wars trilogy, making so many other great characters. So mm. there was no bad blood there. Mm. But it is interesting. I mean, yeah. they're, they're all geniuses, right? They're all yeah. wonderful yeah. at their craft. I'm I'm fascinated by that. I I've spent a lot of time in my other life interviewing witnesses and never never found one to be 100% correct. It's a, it's a it's a weird thing. And then take that to Star Wars where even the Han Solo I know Empire Strikes Back thing is told so many different ways. It's mm-hmm. And then and then there's that footage that audio footage that exists that it was not the way history recorded it. And Carrie Fisher was very much involved in the fact that she was angry for not being involved. It's it's a whole wonderful thing that our intrepid reporter, Jennifer Landa, goes on the street to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was my adventure. That's well, a that's, good one. That's a good adventure here. Uh, um, Joseph, your adventure mostly has to be around work, uh, I, I think, and, and some big life things I know. But that's got to be dominating. How do you find yeah. joy in the work? <laughs> Oh, I'm fine. And, uh, you know, honestly, like the uh, my probably my biggest Star Wars adventure is thinking about the kind of stuff that you're talking about, Jennifer. Um, mm. You know, I'm I'm working hard on this short film and there's so many things that are really fun and I'm really proud of. And they're like there were shots on the day that I was like, that's gold. I love it. It's perfect. It, it, there's those moments where like this thing I imagined in my head a couple months ago is now real on my computer screen as I'm editing. You know, mm-hmm. so there's those moments of just like, wow, this is cool. This is why we do it. And then there's moments that didn't turn out exactly the way you want. And you're wrestling with it. And you're like, I got that. There's no way around making this compromise. You know, will anybody see? And that's the most moments where I think about Star Wars. And, you know, uh, poor George Lucas, you know, with <laughs> sent home from England with stomach pains because mm-hmm. of the 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 stress and that not knowing if it's going to work out. And then, 
you know, you dig into that first Star Wars film mm-hmm. and it is so janky, not because people didn't care, but because it was really hard to make on a small budget. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, Star Wars is living my mind that way a lot of like, well, there's some compromises you're going to have to make and you're going to have to try to be creative about, you know, figuring out the solutions. And mm. I think that is so the genesis and in, in the the uh, the inspiration for um, you, the inspiring part of that uh, that um, ILM documentary of like we didn't know what we weren't supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, right. So we broke rules because I think uh, I can have that voice of like mm, you shouldn't do that. You know, are you are you an expert? Did you go to six years of school? Like I, I don't know. I think there's a lot in our culture right now that has a lot of I don't know finger wagging about the way everything should be done Mm, yes (laughs) and if i had the time and the money i would like to be an expert in everything but i don't want it to (laughs) stop me from trying things and and that was the joyful part of the weekend um and then i'll I'll wrap up here i've been on the films i've been working on one of the things i've been really having fun doing and teaching myself more about in just experimenting is the kind of ben burt foley of like what I need these noises and I'm alone in my apartment with a zoom. (laughs) What can I do? So I spent Saturday morning, uh, uh, punching, uh, a lemon. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And it was a lot of fun and I got some really horrible sounds that'll go nicely in my, in my horror movie. So in some ways that was my, uh, my star Wars adventure. That's beautiful. I I think I know the scenes you're working on then. Yeah. Uh, no, I love, I love hearing all that. And, 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 um, yeah, I, I had this thought too. I don't even know if we talked about it off air, but watching, watching and being part of your, your shoot there for this last short film, uh, you know, watching you direct it, it was a fun experience, but I, it really was not lost on me that, you know, you hired this crew, you met with the, the DP, but you didn't know him and you never worked with mm-hmm. him. And you basically showed up there the first day as they did. And, and, and we're like, cool, can we figure this out together? And wow. I thought many, many times, and, and I thought it, you know, ended up working wonderfully, but I thought many times I was like, poor Georgie Lucas on the set with Gil Taylor, just saying, shut up, son, I'll shoot it for you. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that a lot about why yeah. George did go home with chest pain and stress. Mm. yeah and also i think there is there is this i'm I'm not saying that this short film that i'm working on is visionary in the next star wars but for me i i I want stories that are like this is a weird vision and maybe it will work maybe it won't maybe it won't make sense to people maybe some people won't like it but i want it to come from like i'm not just trying to do here here are the seven shots and we do them Mm -hmm. like I sometimes want to do things that like, why would you do that? And like, I had some great moments uh, with, with our wonderful cinematographer where, uh, where he, he absolutely worked with me, but there was that instinct. Like, I'm going to shoot it like this. Cause it looks great. And like, yeah, it does. But that, but I want this weird thing instead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that really made me in that all worked out. It was great. Um, mm-hmm. But that really made me think of George Lucas of like, I've got this really weird vision in my head. This isn't just let's pump out, one of them science fiction films. Like, mm-hmm. I need specific things, and this guy won't talk to me. <laughs> Gil Taylor is <laughs> quiet, son. Um, yeah, it actually kind of flows into uh, one of the things I had experienced uh, this last week in, in my Star Wars uh, and Life Adventures researching. Uh, I feel like I've had both of your adventures, not not <laughs> not, not to the degree that each of you have experienced them. But researching a little bit for this this project I've been working on at, the, at this other. Uh, company I'm at and and it's all around young Indiana Jones and 
had put the I put it's an essay type thing. I, I finished it. The draft was getting ready to go away, and then I just and Jen, you probably know this just from what you've been doing. Suddenly, a Google search turned up something that it had not previously turned up. Like suddenly, mm-hmm. now I had a, 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 a there's an article for the Washington Post uh, on March fourth, nineteen ninety two, the day Indiana Jones, uh, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles debuts. And that's one of those press. Hey, we got a show tonight. You gonna watch it? Interviews. You know, this is the we're all used to these. And in this interview, it ends with George Lucas um, kind of going through. I was done writing action adventure. There's something else I'm trying to do with this series. Uh, he thinks this series is quote uh, more of his people film, like American Graffiti. The show had not even debuted on ABC. It was debuting that night, and the article ends with this quote: it "says if th- if this." can find an audience, it'll be wonderful. But I'm not going to do something that upsets the integrity of the work in order to make it be a success. And I just absolutely love that energy of George. Uh, Joseph, you refer to him as the rebel in flannel, and I, I just absolutely love that. <laughs> and how that, uh, we know, this is 1992, and we know where this all leads. We, we This goes to the prequels, and him doing it his way, for better or worse. And then some beats might be worse, and some beats, I think, are the best. And it's, but it's truly from, from him. And, and I found that inspiring and, and just some of the other things I do. Um, I'm not making ABC television shows or, 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 you know, giant IP space saga franchise films, but uh, where I'm like, I'm, I'm doing it this way. I'm going to try it this way because this is the way I want to do it. And I feel good about that. And if it finds an audience, great. If not, I, I can't control it because this is my art. And this is what I want to do. And, and it's just, it's amazing interview. It's stubborn George. And <laughs> going, yeah, we're about to launch this wonderful series. You're probably all going to hate it, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. It's so powerful. And like, I, I understand, you know, there are, there are market forces and, and mm-hmm. there's a stated desire sometimes from like Lucas and Spielberg talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark of like, we want to make a movie that's really, really fun for the audience. I, I'm not saying you should just go like, I do not care about the audience. Right. But I just find it so compelling that when people are say, I don't know if this will find an audience. I hope so. I want it to. I think I love it. And I think other people should, but I got to stay true to it. And you know, I won't get into it in a long way, but I was reading some of the box office reports about Dial of Destiny. And one of them had just like a bunch of conjecture about they would have made money if they did X, Y, and Z. And it was all about just sort of like plug and play choices for marketability. Mm-hmm. And that's not art to me. Mm-hmm. It's got to come from the, the soul. And I love that Lucas is like, yeah, this is, this is the story I want to tell and I'm telling it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the, the, the worst criticisms of the Phantom Menace um, and done in video form uh, that we all know of is, is the structure of Phantom Menace, how it doesn't follow X, Y, and Z. And it's like, great. So you've discovered the point. Why don't you get it? <laughs> get it. So, yeah. It's easy to, to sit back, right. And critique other people's work. It's hard to do the work. And to not only then go through the process of doing the work, but then to be vulnerable and put it, put yourself out there in that way and to be okay with it, not resonating with people, but that is what separates an artist at home, which I, you know, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do it. Oh, what if people don't No, Cause otherwise you might be spend spending 20 years of your life sitting at home, not doing anything mm-hmm. right. Wishing you had done it then at least trying and, and learning from the quote unquote failures of it. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, oof, it's a tough thing being an artist. It is really not an easy thing to do, but it's a wonderful, wonderful profession. Yeah. Rewarding. Lucky. Yeah. Yes. 
very lucky. Very yeah. lucky. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Got a lot of deep thoughts this weekend. And, and there's a lot of, I, I, I want to spend that one day on the conversation about the, the modern Star Wars era, which I think George does rub, rub up against at times because of what he feels it's not doing. Uh, and I, and I still think it's under a different uh, standard. It is under the standard of we've engaged with this for all of our lives. What does it mean to us now? And how do we mm. look back, but uh, uh, apply it to now? I think that's all through those movies. But I also would have loved seeing, uh, you know, midi chlorians make a comeback and George go into a micro world or whatever he said. <laughs> uh, and then it would not have been a success. It would have made money. Yeah. We would. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, so that was part of my uh, thing. I did get to see Dial of Destiny a second time. I, I could probably go on a long rant about uh, uh, people, uh, you know, sitting in lobbies, spoiling the movies for the people waiting to get in. Uh, I'll save that for another time. I mean, I'll check out my podcast, The Blathering. I might use some uh, words not uh, not made for a Sunday morning describing my experience seeing the movie at a, at a theater last night. But had a lot of fun. And uh, we should say, uh, Joseph, our, our Dial of Destiny deep dive discussion is on the way. Uh, we will, uh, or uh, actually, t- you might you might have heard it by the time you listen to this episode. I can't yes. remember. What we're gonna- <laughs> I think we're gonna re- we're gonna record it after this one, but release it before. So I hope everybody enjoyed the thing we haven't recorded yet. There you go. There you go. Well, let's get into the news here. We got some stuff to get into. Uh, we uh, like I set up top a little bit of breaking news as we we're going to record here with some names uh, uh, being attached to the acolyte as as directors. Some writers maybe emerging. And we'll dive into that one, not, not just when it becomes more official. I think some of the sources are pretty official because it's like the one of the director's LinkedIn page. So, you know, <laughs> they put it there. It's real. Uh, but uh, we're st- still kind of gathering all the facts. But uh, fun to, to get some more information about uh, the, the fine folks uh, making The Acolyte beyond just Leslie Headland, uh, a good team around her. And I'm excited for that. Uh, but we just want to acknowledge that news broke, but get into the stories we are going to discover uh, uh, cover today uh, and discover. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy on the possible connections between the Dawn of the Jedi, the new Jedi Order films, and a little thing about, hey, moving beyond George, which, well, you know, uh, we'll let's dive into it here. Well, uh, while I'm not <laughs> on the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny promotional train, Kathleen Kennedy made some comments about the new Star Wars films that generated some headlines. Hey, shocker. Let's dive in. Uh, <laughs> so uh, there's this first one here, uh, and I actually was going to go the other direction with discovering it uh, or covering it. Um, let's go this way here. Uh, this this is the connections between the films of uh, Charmino Benchinoy and James Mangold, as I call him, Big Jim. First, Kathleen said that the idea of going back to the so-called Dawn of the Jedi was an idea or concept that had been on the table for a long time. Uh, so what I'm saying by that is not necessarily Mangold's idea uh, in general, but uh, of course, uh, she said, that's come up a lot from the moment I stepped in and George brought me into the company. There's been a lot of interest in that. I thought that was interesting because that's going back to like 2010, 2011 range. And I don't know, just kind of makes a lot of sense. Right, Jen? Yes. I thought that this was a very smart way of kind of taking the reins back. So as we've seen in the past, Lucasfilm has parted ways with several directors after their projects have been announced. So for me, I think that she's making it clear that this Dawn of the Jedi era, whatever idea, is a Lucasfilm idea, Mm. not just a James Mangold's idea. Because in interviews, I feel like he, or maybe it's the way that they're reporting it, have been making it saying, 
oh, it's this is James Mangold. He's the one that had this idea for the dawn of the Jedi, blah, 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 blah. So that if for some reason he was no longer attached to the film, then people would be freaking out, right? The, the headlines would be spinning. How could they do this? This was his idea, right? No, she's saying this is our idea. We've been wanting to tell the story. He's just somebody who it, it sparked an interest in him as well. <laughs> I thought that I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into it, but that's what I thought. Mm. Yeah. No, no, I can follow that uh, that thread out a bit there too. I mean, he's he's uh, what I like about him is, is he's someone who's uh, got a lot of ownership about what he's going to work on. Right? It, it's uh, it, mm -hmm. it invigorates him. He's excited about it, even if it doesn't get made. We're hearing a lot about what might have been uh, well, not a lot about, but we're just hearing hints of what could have been for a R-rated Boba Fett movie as he finally admits it. Mm. By the way, I remember the stories of him saying, I'm absolutely not involved with a Boba Fett movie. Why are you asking me that? <laughs> I remember yeah. those tweets. I remember those comments. But he yeah. says now, for understandable reasons, says now, yeah, no, it was going to be something different. I think it was scaring everybody. Um, so I like that about him. That's what I like about him. Uh, uh, he takes it on. But yeah, I, 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 I think it's interesting. And, and, and some of it's in his, in his comments of like, I want a distance from the story. And then they're like, what about this? 25,000 years. And it's like, crap, that's distance. I like it. Um, <laughs> it's all kind of up there. Um, but it also makes a lot of sense, Joseph, for, you know, George sitting at a big table going, hey, welcome aboard, Kathleen. Hey, here's some things we could get to. Uh, I don't know. I, I, something about I like about that. Yeah. I mean, I think that really tracks. That's where my mind went that, you know, Kathleen Kennedy talking about when she's coming to the company, what is George interesting interested mm -hmm. in? Um, and I think he always seems like he was spitballing about different directions to take Star Wars. Hmm. And I think he it, it tracks with his interest, probably in, particularly in that time of other eras mm -hmm. of of Star Wars, you know, to to spend time in. Mm. Uh, the man loves prequels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that quote from Dave Filoni when uh, I can't remember what interview or where, but people are talking about how the, the kind of confusing nature of the Clone Wars in broadcast order as sort of one one episode would suddenly jump back in time and be a setup for an episode two seasons earlier in those first couple seasons. And I think Filoni trying to be like very political just said, you know, George just really likes prequels. <laughs> always has made me laugh because I think it is that he, he gets interested in like, I think a part of storytelling is always like, how, where do you jump into the story? How do you, you got to start the most active pages. Kurt Vonnegut has this great, uh, you know, how to write a novel. Uh, well, start writing it and then cut the first 10 pages off. Mm -hmm. uh, and Lucas is somebody who's always like, oh, takes that advice and starts in the heart of the story and then goes, actually, I'm really interested in those first 10 pages. <laughs> Let's go back <laughs> and tell that story. Mm -hmm. So the idea of him going all the way back to sort of the, the first 10 pages of the entire concept mm -hmm. of Star Wars makes a ton of sense to me. And he's had those, you know, quotes about maybe his sequel trilogy was going to be about Darth Maul, but also maybe it was going to be about um, going into the world of the midi-chlorians. Yeah. You yeah. know, it, and then a final thing for me on just sort of the, the Lucas perspective on it is he has, um, he, he certainly had no um, allegiance to the, the canonical nature of the expanded universe but he was often inspired by like, oh, I like that character. So I'll mm -hmm. take that character and do whatever the hell I want with that. Or I like that idea or I like that era. And I know that I'm not super familiar with it, but a lot of the EU legend stuff, it's going farther back in time. So the idea mm -hmm. that him would go like, oh, I like that. I want to I want to play with that. So all that stuff really tracks for me that there'd be an interest from Lucas and Lucasfilm in that era. 
And then I really like what you're saying, Jennifer, of of the savvy move to say Lucasfilm is crafting this era called Dawn of the Jedi. Mangold came in with a pitch of exactly how to tell a sliver of that era's story. And mm-hmm. we said, hey, that's great. Lucasfilm has the reins. We're crafting the era. You have a story that takes place in that era that might be kind of pivotal and important to that era. Great. Mm-hmm. Perfect marriage of era and individual concept. Let's go. Mm. Yep. There it is. Yep. Yeah. Not a, like Leslie Hedlund coming in with an idea of Acolyte and them going, well, hey, we got this thing called the High Republic and, and her going, love it. Let's run with it. Let's let's." Yeah. Snotting stuff there. Uh, so while Mangold is going into the past, Obed Chinoy is taking reign of the future, as we know, but both share a connective thread. And here is where it really starts to get interesting, at least out there in the punditry world. On that, that Kathleen said, it was something that Jim immediately sparked to, and I think it's a real nice compliment to what we're doing with moving into the future with Ray. And then understanding a bit more of where this all came from, because it will be at the heart of creating the new Jedi Order. So, uh, to get a real sense of where that might have began with the dawn of the Jedi could be pretty cool. So, full stop. Um, Trying to be as nice but honest as possible. Uh, I think this has already been translated on some big pop culture shows, other podcasts, uh, and, and online. Um, not in a discourse with a capital D way yet, but I just think where it's being discussed, I've seen a lot, um, that this is... Uh, taken to mean a, a direct connection between the two films as if Ray's going to grab an old Jedi book in one film and it would be, uh, have been written or featured the name of a character from Mangold's film. Right. Um, and we're going to dive into that because I, I number one, not opposed to that. And and don't think that that's uh, impossible to expect or think or, or dream about. I just want to start here with this. That's, I don't believe that's what she means. Now I'll also say this before we dive into it here. I also remember thinking, Uncle Bob Iger is 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 not he he doesn't really mean we're going to discover Han Solo's last name or how how he <laughs> got his name how Han got his name yeah. yeah and then it you know turned into that so I understand this discussion I want to be clear about that this is not a um, you know uh, Force Center tells you to, to, to shut up <laughs> this is this is there's a lot of fun things to discuss with this idea I just see this quote including the could be pretty cool. Just kind of says like, yeah, we're exploring some uh, thematic things and we might learn, you know, uh, you might learn some things about the force that uh, matter with what Ray is, is, is wrestling with in the future, uh, even though Mangold's film would come up, come out after. But it uh, spiritually connects and I'm excited about that. But anyways, um, caveat a little bit here as we discuss it here. Uh, Jen, I'll, I'll let you start here. Um, before uh, the grumpy old Indiana Jones guys come yelling in. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that there's going to be much of an overlap. Maybe we get a reference from Ray, like Obi-Wan in A New Hope, like mentioning the Clone Wars, right? Mm. Maybe it's just like an event that we see unfold in James Mangold's film. But more than likely, I think it's just dealing with similar themes. I think that's maybe the connection. I feel like if we go in with specific expectations, we're going to either be disappointed or angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think that believing that all these things are super, super connected. Yeah, they're connected, but it's not like a play-by-play thing where, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like connecting those types of dots. I, mm-hmm. I just think yeah, we just have to be a little bit more loose with our interpretation of this. Yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah. Or on your yeah. guys' notes, it says interrupt. Mine says interpret because I corrected it before. <laughs> How do we interrupt this? Yeah, interrupt? <laughs> yeah exactly. How do we stop this now? Because I, I feel like the train is leaving the station and we're like, no, not again, please. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a little bit of that. And and and, and there's a lot of questions, uh, Joseph, including the how do we interpret this? Uh, is it possible? Well, we want that to some degree or, or a full connection. And, there's, and and I want to get into some of that fun. Um, but I also think there's just an absolute danger in accepting this at, 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 at a complete face value, uh, that this becomes talking points, that this becomes, see, finally, ah, they've got a plan. I've, I've seen some of those articles. So if they get a chance to do it right, which I, I don't think is wrong. Right. I don't think it's wrong to be like, hey, this is kind of what they've said. Hey, we got through this. We did this. We did seven, eight, nine. These other movies standalones didn't work the way we thought. And we're taking a pause and figuring out what we want to do. I do think that's what happened. I just don't think uh, Filoni, uh, Obed Chinoy uh, and, and Mangold are in a room with Kathleen Kennedy and a whiteboard going, what are you going to take? What are you going to say? What am I going to say? That's not how this works, especially if you listen to the interviews from Jim Mangold. This is a guy who's like, nah, I, I, I got a handle on what I want to do. Um, and, and I, and I like that. I'm excited by that. There's also a danger, I think a little bit in a fun high wire act way with star Wars. Like, you know, uh, I think other directors have had some ideas and maybe they don't necessarily work the big picture. Um, but anyways, Joseph, um, uh, interrupt me to interpret that. <laughs> Let me interpret. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, no, I, I really agree to me in this quote, the key word is compliment. The, the first thing she says is, uh, it was something that Jim immediately sparked to. And I think it's really nice compliment to what we're doing moving into the future with Ray. So I don't interpret this as any sort of major plot character connectivity mm -hmm. of, you know, a, a, a we're going to learn about a MacGuffin in the uh, new Jedi order. And then we're going to go back to that MacGuffin at its origin in, in the Dawn of the Jedi. I don't think it's talking about that sort of super mm -hmm. direct uh, uh, connection. I think compliment means, yeah, these things go together in an interesting way. I think the sequel trilogy uh, of Star Wars complements uh, Twin Peaks The Return. <laughs> but I don't think they're connected plot-wise or in the same universe. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's, that, to me, is the most Im important word. And what I really take from it is uh, we are, you know, Lucasfilm is is planning its phase two, charting a new future um, in the era of movie-making and entertainment in general we're in it's not the same days where you can just announce a trilogy and be committed to it mm -hmm. so you have to start with with eras with films and see where they go and i think what is compelling about these two films is that they have the potential to be entirely their own thing but they do have this thematic connectivity mm -hmm. in particular if the dawn of the jedi era or story uh reckons with people's decision to use the force at all it's not necessarily Maybe it's an origin story for the Jedi, but it seems like everything that Mangold has said comparing it to the Ten Commandments is this idea of there is this power and we should use it. And people in the argument are going to be making uh, people in the film are going to be making arguments about how do we use it. That's extremely relevant to Ray. Um, Kathleen Kennedy has mentioned the importance of Ray having those ancient Jedi texts and, and studying them. So if she's really looking back, like she's absorbed everything she learned from Luke in the sequel trilogy, like the Jedi have made a lot of missteps. Mm. Uh, but she's gone through this journey where she sees the importance and the responsibility of the power. And when it, something dark rises, a Jedi needs to be there to meet it, to help people. But now she's proactively starting mm. this order, just like it was started all those years ago. 
And if she's starting from the, the point of the Jedi should exist, people need help, but the Force is not just a superpower. Of course she's going to examine what rationale, what philosophy, what perspectives can best guide us to wield this power and how did they do it at the very beginning mm-hmm. those sort of thematic ideas i think is what kathleen kennedy is talking about yeah especially when you look at the prequels and george's message of you know hey you've moved away from your original intentions uh and maybe that leads to your downfall and you're trying to build something again you know you hung out with luke uh, and Force Ghost Luke, who's got some thoughts on that era as well. You're going to try mm-hmm. to build back. Yeah, and, and, and what you're saying, uh, that these kind of big, giant thematic connections, I think compliment's a great word to focus on. Uh, it's exciting stuff there. Uh, but, I, I, yeah, the, we without a doubt, I get it, because uh, it's fun as well. We know some fine folks that, uh, um, you know, explain a lot of things in Star Wars, and I, I, and I, I want <laughs> to... Um, always uh, say how much I enjoy that stuff too. But I do think um, the Easter eggs uh, treated as some sort of uh, uh, currency knowledge uh, leads mm-hmm. to a lot of this stuff of, of, of instead of, in, you know, going to engage with the big ideas about what do you do with this thing that might not even have a name of the force. You have a quote, Joseph, we can bring in here in a bit that, that Mangold has out there from the happy set confused podcast about mm-hmm. we might, you know, not even use those words. And that's a headline of it won't even use Jedi or the force. Uh, then you dig in and it's actually pretty, makes a lot of sense. And it's pretty intriguing. Um, but anyways, I, I, that's where I, I, I get a little, my grumpiness comes out is just cause you can point at a screen and say that thing there, it, it's from this, it's issue 22 does not mean you're, you're engaged with the art and, and the message. And I think you potentially some really uh, interesting messages in these films. And and I, I think I'm just holding on to the hope that that gets engaged with first versus, uh, oh, do you see that? Jedi Prime wrote that pamphlet and Ray has it. Uh, <laughs> what does right. that mean? And what does that mean to you, Jed? And is the question I always want to ask. Yeah, because then we get into like, AI territory where I think the movie industry wants to head, which is like, I can come up with an idea and I can make these characters live out my story idea in the movie. Mm. Quite frankly, I don't want to be doing that. Part of the fun is seeing what these writers, what these directors, creators, actors are bringing. They're bringing their own unique perspectives and experiences and they're giving us this art. And that to me is unexpected. I want to go in being like, Oh, I don't want to go in with a checklist of, okay, they said this. Okay, great. Okay, that connects with that. That's like boring, right? It's not thrilling. Like where it's just like a small, subtle moment where you're like, oh, that connects with with the thing that happened with Ray. Wow, right? That's much more exciting, at least for me. I don't know. Maybe some people like a checklist. (laughs) (laughs) And here's the thing. I do want to talk about it. I I do think like you do have a chance to... I don't know. I call it like the X goal of it all where, you know, X goal is this planet I love. I love the design. So I'm always going to be on the side of it there. Uh, But, you know, when it first popped up, you're like, okay, how does that factor into the story? We already know, right. Timeline. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and and Moraband and Coraband and all that, you know, and, and, and Mm -hmm. so I understand sometimes that might trip some folks up. Like, like I, for one, would have loved uh, to know Starkiller Base. We had the, we had the theories on it, but that Starkiller Base was Ilum in Force Awakens. That would have been interesting, but I, I I also don't know what that could have added to. You know, it's just a. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my point being, yeah, all right, maybe maybe um, there is some kind of like, you know, synergy in, in some of the information, but it's still not the story. So um, that's where I go with that first, Joseph. 
Yeah, I think I think there are those small details that can make something rich if you're deeper in the world than just like, hey, it's a it's a Star Wars. I like Star Wars. I'll go see it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you, you want to be swept up in an in adventure. But I think like the thing like the like the Star Killer base. Like if they had said Ilum that in Force Awakens, that that would have been cool. Yeah. But the depth of that, the power of that, is being more deeply invested in the entire entire story of Star Wars and. Mm. realizing how deep what a a deep defiling of mm-hmm. film that is and and how it how it uh launches your imagination into uh what does this mean for the connection between the empire and the first order and how does that even work with the kyber crystals at the heart of it and mm-hmm. now anyway uh the the han han didn't necessarily believe in the jedi and now he's he's mm-hmm. commemorated by a star <laughs> yeah that was created out of out of the heart of this holy place all those ideas are like are really interesting, but they're sort of jumping off points from what is actually in the film. Mm. And I think that's the kind of connection that I would be excited by. I think there, it, 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 I do think it's possible that there's a real surface level connection of Ray's going to be looking at those books. Uh, Mangold might have a, a, he's been talking about uh, 10 commandments. He might have some tablet. Mm. We'll throw the tablet in there. And that's mm. cool. That's connective. It fires your imagination. Yeah but it doesn't um, tie either creative team's hands about the story they're telling. And this is, you're saying, Ken, the story is the point. And those little connections that we can point out, sometimes they're just fun surface level things or, you know, a tip of the hat to something else. And sometimes to me, the value of them is they're not the point of the story, but they fire our imagination in a beautiful way that Star Wars does for future storytelling. Mm -hmm. Um, We could get a great future novel uh you know the, the horror of Ilum, you know that tells that story in a, in a rich way and moves it from an easter egg into its own story and that's the kind of connection i'm imagining of like yep maybe one of those ancient jedi texts that ray has is it mm-hmm. you know i think right now they've got a bunch of names that pablo hidalgo gave them in mm-hmm. the last jedi visual dictionary but maybe it yeah. will have some resonance but it's not the point right yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and look, look I, I, even some of Mangold's comments um, recently of, of, you know, hey, not being tied to the saga and all those kind of things. And I, and I, some, there's some tone in what he's saying that I, that I don't fully agree with that I don't think it's the prison that you might think it is, Jim. Like, you know, like maybe hang, hang out with Pablo for an afternoon. But, but like that, that changed my, even my thoughts on, well, I, you got to think Octo or Jedi, you know, Prime Jedi would show up. But I don't necessarily think that's the case anymore. Uh, yeah. If ever was going to be the case, if he's going before it all, um, kind of before the labels get slapped on all these things, uh, you know, Prime Jedi, you know, a.k.a. Doug Mc, McAlien guy could, could do that. <laughs> um, but I don't think he's interested in, in necessarily, uh, you know, writing back to that. Uh, and I wouldn't want him to be at this point. So. Yeah, I mean, they describe Octo as the first Jedi temple. And yeah, it was the, I think it's the happy, sad, fun. I can't remember which emotions in which order. (laughs) Happy, sad, confused. Yeah, happy, sad, confused. Uh, Hey, that's me. Um, (laughs) Podcast. Uh, Yeah, Mangold was talking about, I think there is, Dawn of the Jedi is the era. And it sounds like his film might be dealing with um, origins of the Jedi, but just kind of a a sliver of it, the the very beginnings. And I think his quote is sort of about, like, you might not hear the name Jedi, which doesn't mean there won't be Jedi. I think his point is Mm -hmm. uh, you could make an origin story about um, 
the Beatles b- before they have the name and b- mm-hmm. before they're fully formed. And it could be a really interesting story, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The, and I think it, that, that to me gives it like his film could be 200 years before they're like, and we need a temple. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that that's part of the fun about having James Mangold is that he's going to bring all sorts of new ideas and he doesn't have to worry so much about those connective tissues. Whereas somebody like Dave Filoni, I feel like he really, he gets inspired. How can this, cause he knows so much right about the mm-hmm. canon and the characters. How can this connect with that? How can this event connect? Like, so I feel like he kind of thrives in that, that framework. Whereas mm-hmm. we're going to have directors who would prefer not to have that kind of like mm-hmm. rigidity. So mm-hmm. it's a way to, for us to be able to experience all different types of creators and stories. I love that. I absolutely love that. Yeah. And I love actually that you mentioned Filoni film, cause it's not really mentioned in these comments. Cause I do think it's its own thing in a way, like, cause it's obviously coming out of um, what's being set up in TV shows. But, and, 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 and yeah, Dave, Dave has that knowledge. And and the thing that I always love about him is it's that that Disney Gallery speech. That's just the 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 toppings on 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 the cake, and mm-hmm. and the story is is uh, is gold to him as well. And I think that's why all that works. But exciting times, exciting things. But there's more. And talking about these new films, particularly the new Jedi Order film, Kathleen talked about the ability to bring in new characters and stories, fresh ideas, saying. And I think it offers just tremendous opportunity to introduce new characters and start with something fresh because we culminated with what George was creating. And now we take all of that and move it to the next chapter. So, of course, that got spun off in some wonderful headlines. <laughs> Disney is done with Star Wars or George Lucas's Star Wars. It's finished. Kathleen Kennedy disrespects George. Love those headlines when searching for the news stories this week at Salon. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, that's, yeah, uh, nope, that's not right. But <laughs> what do we take from this quote, Joseph? And what's exciting about some fresh slates in 2025 and beyond? And, uh, you know, uh, will George come back and tell his midi-chlorian origin stuff? Yeah, well, I, I hope so. Uh, I, even just in an interview, um, I think, I think that'd be great. Uh, if somebody can find him at Sabaros, don't, don't harass George Lucas and Sabaros. I don't mean that, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, this is great. Uh, I think it is, it, in, in some ways, this is just to me like um, it is saying something that seems apparent and true. And, and it, Jennifer, as you were saying, just really taking the reins and saying um, almost like they, they don't have things, Lucasfilm doesn't have things labeled like, you know, the MCU eventually did with their phases, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of a way for everybody to kind of have a, a handle on on the shape of this story and the shape of the MCU's evolution. But I think the same thing is happening with Lucasfilm of the, the first phase was tell the sequel trilogy and experiment with exploding star Wars out. We we've now been had, you know, over a decade of jokes about every star Wars character is going to get a a film. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I've been Mm -hmm. a a part of those jokes of like gonk droid, the movie is coming, Mm -hmm. but go back to 2012. If if you're a little bit older, like us and you, you lived during various wilderness times and star Wars is this massive, expansive galaxy where you could tell any story, but we have so few of them. Mm -hmm. And the excitement was let's spread out and tell some of those stories. So they, they had the sequel trilogy. They experimented with, you know, Rogue One and Solo. We're used to them now, but that, to, to me, they're still shocking that those exist, that those could mm. exist. Right. Then there's a lot of turmoil in in the industry. It, you know, you, to read an article, it's just 
uh, Star Wars is disconnected from any other reality and Solo didn't make enough money at the box office so everything was stopped. Like, Mm. yes, it is a factor, but also, you know, streaming, (laughs) COVID, and completing the sequel trilogy. And I I love that Kathleen Kennedy is just basically saying the first mission was to complete the sequel trilogy, put our, our feelers out about expanding this galaxy, We've done that with a couple of anthology films. We've done that with uh, everything that's happening on Disney Plus. And now we're really moving into phase two or arguably phase three, which is mm-hmm. we're, we're going back to the big, epic, high stakes, big screen adventures. What are they and how can we really, truly make them our own? Because George, George loves tradition Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also is restless for the fresh and the new. And this is a mm-hmm. this isn't an insult to George. This mm-hmm. is a celebration of like, yeah. heard you, George. No more X wings in, in, in new eras. You know, <laughs> it, we don't want George Lucas to sit down and see these films and go, "I've seen that before." We want right. to push into the new the way George Lucas would and did. Yeah, though I'm I'm assuming Poe's gonna have like the T eighty five X wing, right? That's probably, true. True. Now that I said that, yeah, it probably yeah. actually will be an X wing, but that that spirit, <laughs> no, of, yeah, the spirit of it, 100%. finding no. the right balance between the new and in the old, and, right. and not having that Force Awakens criticism that there's too much clinging to the old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, even though I thought it was wrestling with it in a different way, as I think you would agree. And I do years. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, Jed Lot here. Look, we, we love George. Uh, we love him at Sabaros. We, we also uh, uh, get what Kathleen's saying here. What do you take from this? People have argued over what George would have done with 789, what he would have wanted, what we read years ago in the EU, right? And I feel like there's just been so much, so much negativity around the sequel trilogy, although we here at Force Center, we love it, right? But there's just been a lot of negative discourse. It kind of feels like this like comical group of, of fans fighting together. The dust is coming off and Kathleen Kennedy is coming out going, hey, 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 everyone, stop. We're going to have, we're going to start fresh. There's going to be new characters. We are going to, you know, we, we love George, but we're going to, we're going to continue on from that. And I think it's a great way to get us fans to stop arguing amongst each other. And it's also a way to get new people on board because guess what? We got to have the youngsters. They got to like Star Wars because if they don't, Star Wars will die off with sad to say with us right they have to get new fresh young fans and the way to do that is to be like hey you don't have to know anything about the eu or what came before or really you can dive into these stories without knowing all these characters and that's that's exciting because i think we all forget star wars can be really intimidating for non-fans and they're like well i haven't seen that i haven't seen the original trilogy i haven't read that book right Mm -hmm. so this is something new and i hate to say it but george lucas He's not coming back. Uh, <laughs> we got to move forward. The franchise has to move forward. Um, and I say that as a true lover of George, not in that way. Uh, yeah. I love George. Yeah. I love what he built. Yeah. But I'm also excited to see how that can inspire new creators. Yeah, I totally agree. We What the world needs is nine inch nubs. Uh, more of the new for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go get nubs today at Target. He's there. Oh, He's there. Love it. Yeah. <sighs> Yes. Yes. Say Nubs movie confirmed by Jennifer Landon. <laughs> Green light picture. Yeah. No, nah, no. Nah, I, I, I love what you're both saying here. Um, it just makes a lot of sense. And, and that there was, of course, in 2012, uh, but 2015, there, you know, episode seven was 
a foregone conclusion. That was the way to do it. If they didn't do it, if they were like, ah, we're, we got the Star Wars thing going, but it, it's going to be all new characters. There would have been a lot of us going, why, 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 why? So, um, mm-hmm. damned if you do, damned if you don't. And, and this is just makes all of it makes a lot of sense. And, uh, yeah, again, clickbaiters going to clickbait. I get it. I get it. It sounds real nice and sexy to say Kathleen Kennedy, uh, uh says we're done with George. That, that's absolutely not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it that is a headline. I think that's real. Mm-hmm. That's real disingenuous, and also like like you're saying of like I I imagine some people running those headlines are also the ones who, who say Lucasfilm is dead. They have no new ideas. Here's some new ideas. Why do they hate George? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a vicious circle. Yeah. And to Jen's point, we're, we move forward, but we take what he uh, he he put into those stories, which by the way are some pretty direct. I say basic themes because they're base basic themes for good lives. Compassion, yeah. empathy, mm-hmm. fighting for the light side. That will never go away because that is the modern myth that Star Wars and so many other wonderful movies are. So uh, there you go. That's, that's That could have been one entire news show, but we wanted to spend some time with that. <laughs> uh, and I don't even know if getting ahead of it is it, it, it even works anymore. I don't know, but uh, just kind of address it there. Uh, we're going to take a quick break on the other side. we got some Skeleton Crew news emerging, which is fun. But before that, we have a Force Center Recommends. An audiobook we think you should try out on us. Joseph, what's on the docket today? I think I should try out the book that I've now owned for half a year, mm. uh, Path of Deceit by Tessa Gratt and Justina Ireland. Uh, the beginning of phase two of The High Republic, which is now wrapping up. Mm. We're a little behind. If you'd like to catch up with your ears, uh, check this book out. <laughs> check it out indeed. Download your free audiobook today. How about the show in the process? By going to audibletrial.com slash center. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash center for your free audiobook. All right, quick break. Other side, let's look at Skeleton Crew here on Force. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Four Center. Taking a look at some breaking news from a long time ago in a galaxy in Van Nuys near the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Have you gone there yet, Jen? Have you taken the photos? Are you out in the parking lot just snapping photos of that of that old ILM warehouse? Not yet. I'm gonna get my B-roll later this week. I'm excited. Yeah. So you're having an exciting Star Wars week. <laughs> yes, nubs, Van Nuys. Yes. <laughs> Everything that Star Wars has to offer. Yes. I, I said before, I used to play golf at the uh, Van Nuys golf course right there and did not realize from one of the executives, small of the nine hole, you could see it. You could see mm. where Island was. I didn't know it. I just knew it was somewhere as nearby. I would, you know, the things, regrets we have in life, you know. <laughs> Anyways, let's look ahead to Skeleton Crew. Uh, some Skeleton Crew news. Kinda. It's one of those things. While appearing on Entertainment, Entertainment Weekly Star Wars podcast, Dagobah Dispatch. Uh, and by appearing, I mean, uh, the podcast has some hosts and they do some stuff in studio. Totally don't want to sound like I'm slighting the podcast. But a lot of their interviews are just press footage, press day footage and press line interviews. You know, they cut them into the show. So you can go watch mm-hmm. a little video clip if you want, if you don't want to listen to the entire podcast. But hey, listen to the Star Wars podcast there. Uh, Jude Law and uh, Skeleton Crew co-creator and writer Chris Ford uh, talked about the upcoming series. The truth behind Jude Law's character has yet to be revealed, but that's part of the thematic point, says Law, saying, I can't tell you very much about my character. He is someone the children meet on their attempt to get home. He is like a lot of the world that they experience, contradictory, and at times a place of nurture and other times a place of threat. I really like that. I really love that description. I think it's similar to some of the things we've either discussed or heard before. Um, of course, we're uh, Joseph and I did see, we were part of the people that saw the skeleton crew footage at Celebration, mm. which was, I just thought, wonderful for a series I have oh, like almost no expectations for because I didn't really understand what, know or get what they were doing. And I got it. I love the footage. And I like what um, he said about this here. So, Jen, any thoughts on uh, this coy but insightful answer? I thought he handled this very, very well. You can tell he has a lot of experience in press junkets because he did give us a a little bit. And there seems to be a very clear reason 
why they're not revealing much about his character. And so either we're going to meet his character in Ahsoka, maybe we'll mention his character in Ahsoka, or maybe that they're hoping that this air of mystery will make people want to watch the series. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's Jude Law. And I think that he is really great at playing charming characters that can also be dangerous or unpredictable. I, I think that that's a great strength of his as an actor. Um, and I don't think he's a Jedi. Maybe he's force sensitive. Maybe he's a hustler like Kumail Nanjani's character in Kenobi. Who knows? The possibilities are endless, but I'm, I can't wait for this show. Mm. Mm. Love that. And I love Jude Law's mustache. Just looking solid with that uh, push for him there. Uh, just that's <laughs> on uh, this. Here. A lot of themes running through this answer. Yeah, I think uh, the what's appealing to me about the show that they've been pretty consistent about, it's there in the trailer, is it, it, it isn't just like this fun, cutesy show. It's about the the real heart of adventure, particularly coming-of-age stories, that there are a lot of joys and wonders to discover out in the, uh, the bigger galaxy, out in the bigger world. But to get to the joy and the fun and the feeling of, of resilience because you have survived something, that means you're also going to encounter terror <laughs> and you got to push past fear. And I, I just, I love that uh, part of the coming of age story, that part of star Wars that, you know, uh, Luke wants to go out in the world and Luke's sure he can be a Jedi. <laughs> and you got, mm-hmm. you know, Yoda suddenly just, being scary as hell you know you're not afraid you will be (laughs) um and i feel like that's at the heart of it this 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 is a fun adventure show about the uh the relationship between wonder and terror they're Mm -hmm. they're both out there and they're both part of being an adult so i feel like everything that he's saying is my character is is capturing that um uh he talks about uh later in the interview that there's um you know a lot of scenes with the kids and some of them he's like some of them are goofy and some of them are are very threatening (laughs) so uh, i like all this extremes here's here's my wild prediction Mm -hmm. uh you know who else is has is goofy and threatening toward children hondo i think he's (gasps) hondo in a human suit Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, that's great! So, like Men in Black, Edgar, your your skin's falling yeah. off your bones. Okay, that's great. Wow. Not an actual quote, but a vibe, a vibe. Like yeah. that gathering yes. arc of Clone Wars is is one of my favorites. And messed up. I mean, he, mm-hmm. yeah. kidnapping yep. people, and then yeah. but he's got a warm heart, and he's like, mm, "All right, no. I'll help you instead of terrorize you." Um, yeah. Jennifer, have you seen the trailer or heard leaks? I have seen nothing. Okay, I have yeah, but- seen a skeleton crew title that uh, <laughs> graphic. That's all I've seen. Right. I wish they'd make that trailer public uh, since it's available because I, I, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like there's stuff like I. The article mentions stuff from the trailer, but again, I we didn't get a chance to talk off air whether we're going to talk about stuff that's in the trailer. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I still love to keep that kind of stuff exclusive, but a multi, it, it's not frust, a frustration point, but there is a conversation to have, and maybe we can have it here now. Of, of I, I know Ahsoka's next in the hopper. Uh, I know that's the promotional train, and I know sometimes he got a you know a, a pinpoint uh, you know little. This is when we got to talk about it and, and let people know it's coming, but. I just think there'd be more buzz for this series if that was released. And it's great. Uh, I think so too. Some stuff yeah, in no. Shoot, yeah. now I want to see it. I got, I got a, oh, maybe I, I could probably find like a leaked 
copy online, which, you know, it's not quite the same thing, obviously. <laughs> They'll release it soon. And, and, I, and uh, the reason I mentioned it is because you're, you're already on top of the thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's really only one thing in it that's like, ooh, that that alters the conversation in a fun way or gives more definition to the to the fun speculation. Mm -hmm. and, mm. and I feel a little restrained because I don't want to. Yeah, mm. I, I probably most people know, but I just don't want to. Oh, Spoiler. shoot. Most people um, know. Well, I, oh, OK, Jen, you've been, you know, you've been busy. It's all right. God, well, I mean, I I, yeah. don't, can we can you say it? Well, that, that's what I'm wrestling with. I'm, and yeah. I know it's absurd because probably everybody's like, yeah, we didn't see it, but we read we read the description. We all know. Yeah. Oh. I'm just for those three people who didn't. I don't. Yeah. You know. Should we put a spoiler warning for like, what, 10, se 10 seconds? Sure. That's fair. Okay. Auga, auga, auga. Auga, auga, 10 seconds. And maybe, Jennifer, you know this because you're talking about it. The, the pop at the end of the trailer is the Jude Law character levitating something. Oh, right. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Yes. So you probably knew about that and probably everybody is listening is like, yeah, we know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so, I, think, I mean, yeah. Okay. All so, right. So it does rate. So that's the big question. Once that trailer is released to everybody, that big, the big question is, you know, is he a trickster? Like you're saying, like Haja was. Right. Um, is, is, but if not, is he a Jedi who hid from the Empire? Mm -hmm. Is he someone who you know ex was expelled or ran away from the order like mm -hmm. there's there i think in with that trailer they're clearly trying to build up mystery so i think mm -hmm. the identity of his character his true motivations i think is a mystery of the show and mm -hmm. I, i'm that's my guess is that the kids are going to be trying to figure out who is he really mm -hmm. and therefore can we really trust him I and see. i think that trailer raises that question uh for for the audience too of of who is he really what's his motivation yeah well well then there yeah then that's why people are going to tune in <laughs> that's why they're not telling us uh they're just going to show us that yeah when are they going to drop that trailer i mean they got to build the hype for ahsoka first yeah so yeah mm. it's great it's fun it, it you know you hear that and even the, in this interview they talk i think chris ford mentions you know building the amblin style the the amblin style which kathleen kennedy knows very well that doesn't do it justice. I mean, you just immediately, you know, dense forest kids running with flashlights. That's like, that just evokes so much. Uh, and it's really fun stuff. The only thing I don't like about the Jude Law thing is, um, you know, my Lor Santeca desires. Like I wanted him to be Lor Santeca because oh. I only see things in terms of connections and Easter eggs. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the case anymore. Maybe not the case anymore. Uh, Chris Ford did talk about the era and possible crossovers. There may or may not be some crossovers, he said. It's the New Republic era. Um, though, interesting note, when you actually watch the interview, they both kind of had to figure that out. They were like, what's this called? What's the era? It's like, it, uh, oh, I think it's they're calling it the New Republic era now, uh, which was a fun little moment for me. For us, says Chris Ford, it was a great era because as much as the New Republic is trying to bring things back, it's kind of a lawless, wild time, so there's a lot of danger if we had said it earlier, the kids would have probably met the Empire and just got shut down. This is more of a galaxy to get lost in. I love that take. Again, I love this idea. This is, um, 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 I think when it was first announced, when this kind of like, what is this? What's going on? And it was you know, kids on this adventure and it's in the New Republic era. I, I didn't question. I just said like, okay, well, what, what, could, what could you do in that? And and the, the, the way they're forming up the New Republic era, which makes a lot of sense of, you know, the empire fell, but there's still remnants. It's dangerous. It's almost a more dangerous time. That's part of the struggle. That's why people can start poking holes at the new Republic government. Um, it, 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 it's fertile land, I think, for for uh, 
planting some seeds and some wonderful stories here. And, and I absolutely uh, love this idea uh, that uh, there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of uh, threats. Uh, would you say wonder and, and, and terror, Joseph, or wonder and yeah. horror, nurture and threat is the, what Jude Law kind of said. This is a perfect spot for it, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think it's, uh, you know, su- such a, a, I love how they've defined this era because there has been more emerging that like, look, the new Republic is trying, <laughs> Yes, yeah. but it's been years of terror. So, you know, and we know that the new Republic is going to get criticized and we know that there's going to be some missteps, but I like that. It's just sort of like, this is a big wide galaxy and the empire had it locked down. Mm-hmm. And now there's just, there's lots of confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that era is exciting for me because I like the kind of storytelling that the so far the Mandoverse has got out of it in terms of like thematic but also practical and, and, and not Easter egg of or Easter egg or not even direct connection like veins in it great the mm-hmm. guy the pirate great there's a literal connection but the connection I like that we've talked about a lot when when talking about uh, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and I'm sure Ahsoka soon is this is an era of of rebuilding and tentative hope and we've seen the galaxy from this rebuilding perspective from the Mandalorians, from the people of Tatooine, from Boba Fett's soul, from, you know, Imperial remnants who hope to rebuild it in a horrible way to the the people of Coruscant. I think we're going to see it from Ahsoka's perspective as a Jedi of could this be a time for rebuilding? Um, we're going to see it, I think, we're spending some time with the New Republic government at all even a scene with that we've seen in the ahsoka trailer with mon mothma suggests that we're going to keep seeing from lots of different perspectives uh, what's the wonder in the terror of this era what is the, what are the possibilities so to see that from a really i think that's how skeleton crew is going to fit in thematically now we're going to see that rebuilding during that hope of rebuilding during a time of chaos perspective from everyday people uh, <laughs> from kids who are going to be defined by this time uh, but don't have any memory of before times. They've only been mm-hmm. alive during the, the Imperial reign. And now it's this that they're stepping into. Yeah, no, that's, uh, I think that, and, and that's every generation in our real world, but you know, it's like, uh, you know, we have, we have adults, uh, young adults run around who, who experienced the, 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 the horror of nine 11 in a lot different way, because it's a, it's a history book moment for them and not something that they went through and, and, and what's their place in that, in this new world. And, uh, that is, um, that's important storytelling as well as can be fun and youth and ET and all those things from our childhood <laughs> in the eighties. But I think it's some big, big stuff there. Um, so yeah, Jen, any more on this there? We, we can talk about crossover ideas too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that I really like that they're building out the new Republic. It does feel like it is like the wild West. People are trying to assert their power still, especially if they ha- once had power, they want to be able to maintain <laughs> it. Things are still in flux. Um, there's just more dangers, which is another great thing about this era. Like as Chris Ford said, you know, if it had taken place during the Empire, well, that'd be pretty much the dominating uh, factor, the biggest threat. So it's just more room to play. And especially for these children, I think in general, kids, the world can be a, a scary place. Mm-hmm. You're trying to navigate your world. You're trying to find your identity. You're trying to get back home. So the, already the stakes are are high. And I think that that's what's going to make this really uh, heartwarming in addition to being um, fun. Yeah, absolutely. And fun. 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Vane will be appearing in the series, and Joseph, you mentioned him, the pirate. Uh, Gorian Shard's right-hand man from Mando 3, who literally flew off to be in another series there. Um, <laughs> right. what are, what are you doing? Uh, any wild thoughts for crossovers in the series? Uh, or just, you know, any other known characters, locations you want to see? Uh, where do you go with that, Joseph? I, I do honestly uh, remain on Hondo watch. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, I, we talked about Hondo for uh, Bad Batch and I hope for him in season three. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we know he, he survives, uh, th- you know, uh, mm-hmm. through this era because he's uh, busy with the Falcon much later in the timeline. This just kind of seems like this is an era where he, he's been down on his his luck in in the Imperial era, as we see in Rebels. You know, mm-hmm. is he what's he trying to get back to, and just his weird relationship with kids? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, of uh, you know, I really do think it's a possibility. Uh, there's there's no uh, reason to speculate this, but two Star Wars locations that it's been too long, and I would like to see again are, are, are Cloud City in Naboo. So I'd be mm-hmm. I'd be thrilled with either of those. Mm-hmm. And then for a wild thought is a little bit of New Republic perspective uh, would be great in this. Uh, so I think Hera and her mystery son, Jason, oh, <laughs> show <wow>. up. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. That'd Jason be Sindula Watch begins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honda Watch and Jason Sindula mm-hmm. Watch. Uh, I, I do also think that there is the uh, the possibility that one of the reasons they're being uh very cagey about the whole show is that it's got to me there is a possibility that it's got some grogu level surprise mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. remember when we were all excited for mandalorian and we really all did did think it was going to be like this is kind of like the boba fett fantasy a lot of us have had it's going to be this lone badass making his way through the galaxy and i remember you know people in know at star wars celebration in 2019 telling us Nobody knows what this show really is. <laughs> right, right. And, and there is yeah. a reason that it is being produced under the Mandoverse banner more than just the timeline, mm. I think. I think so. I think there could still be some twist or mm-hmm. surprise about what this show really is and how it relates to the larger story that they're building to. Yeah, no, I, I love that idea. Um, yeah, and, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, you know. I don't want to go too far down the conspiracy rabbit hole, but yeah, there's there is a shroud of secrecy around this from the very beginning, and I get I, I get how it was pitched. You know, uh, Watts and Favreau talking on set for Spider Man, and uh, that, and next thing you know, you know this this the show exists, but it doesn't mean that there there could be something more there, and I, and I like that. Uh, yeah, as far as crossover ideas, um, yeah, you know, Honda Watch is 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 this is absolutely perfect. Uh, show for it. It makes a ton of sense. Uh, you know, I guess I'll have to give up my Lore Santeca um, um, hope. I don't, you know, I just, I, Lore in this era is an interesting time, um, though. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think you need to give up your hope. Okay. I mean, thank you. Thank you. You're helping me. Believe. Um, yeah, that, here's, here's some wild ones. I, I, you know, let's just have Mon Mothma show up in every series during this era. Um, yep. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about New Republic. Uh, almost as if they run into her in a hallway, you know, and she gives them some stage Galadriel type advice, you know. She goes, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, uh, um, but here's it's a location that would lead to characters. Um, I, you know, Endor and and Princess <gasps> Nisa and Bright Tree Village. Uh, let's oh, have the yeah. there. And would it seem like the Ewok Adventures movies? Would people be a little snarky about that? Maybe. 
who cares? Let's do it. Let's have some fun and have the adventure go there. And you imagine Wicket helping them along the way. Talk about this time of, 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 of nurture versus threat. You got Wicket there. He's all nurture. He'd help the kids. Yeah, right. Gosh, could that be the reason why they're being so secretive? My mind would be blown. Because I think that there is a reason. Like you said, Joseph, they feel very, since the beginning, and at first I thought it was because they were trying to protect the the kid actors from Mm. being uh, attacked by, you know, fans. I do think that it's related to the story as well. There's some big reveal. I think we're going to be getting a lot of pirates in the show. Mm -hmm. uh, It feels very Captain Hook versus the Lost Boys kind of thing mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing I think about is they also want to reach the broader audience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like they're going to have to have somebody recognizable or a location, but the Ewoks, mm-hmm. what is more broader than that? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Everyone loves, no, they don't. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. Look, it's got to be Ewoks because like, I also would have, put some Republic credits down or maybe some calamari flan down on uh, Jar Jar, but I'm holding out for, mm. you know, Mando mm. 4. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just do it. Let's put them all there. Now be, uh, be fun. Yeah. A uh, lot there. Uh, another good one, you know, uh, um, Peli Moto would be an interesting. Ooh. Just having her showing up in this, uh, these series uh, being who she is and, and helping and, but also charging the kid. Maybe it's a lesson on, you know, be, being swindled at the mechanic. Who knows? Could be so. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, we're about to wrap up here. Anything else in the interview jump out to you, uh, Jen? Uh, and uh, how's your excitement level for uh, uh, Skeleton Crew? Which again, I think there's, it's fair to question, hey, when are they really going to start ramping this up? I get, again, I get the Ahsoka thing. The way news is a four-second cycle, yeah, you, you want to maybe hold back. But how, how are you feeling now, Jen, and any final thoughts? I'm really hopeful because they keep talking about the Amblin tone. It, you know, it makes me think of, obviously, E.T., Goonies, a lot of the stories from our childhood about kids but these movies are not just for kids they have a spirit of adventure but they are definitely scary i was terrified of goonies when i was a kid Mm -hmm. um so i'm okay with not knowing as much about this show um it makes me kind of think of stranger things and i remember there was a lot of buzz around stranger things when it first came out but Mm -hmm. we didn't really know much about it at least i don't i I didn't Mm -hmm. i remember the first five minutes of that first episode and i was immediately in because it had that amblin tone to it um so i'm hoping that the skeleton crew can do what stranger things did is that weird Uh, no i think that's spot on because i think we i think uh obviously you know (laughs) time moves forward and we grew up with these amblin things Mm -hmm. but stranger things is that kind of thing where uh you know people love stranger things because they got hooked on the characters and they're Mm -hmm. invested in their story in that world building and there's probably at this point more people who love stranger things and then then go see et and like go like oh that's where that came from so i think i think that's a part of the reason that this uh this show has has go picture Mm. is i think it is going to tap into that stranger things vibe which Mm. is of course the amblin vibe (laughs) right yeah very much very much so uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm getting more excited. Uh, and it's going to be it's going to be an interesting time because without a doubt, there's going to be some folks that this show yeah, might not be for. Right. Maybe they're aged out or I don't think they're actually are aged out. They're going to think they're aged out. Um, but in an era where the oh, they're just playing with their action figures is thrown against Star Wars is a big insult from people who, you know, 
say they love Star Wars. Uh, this one, you can't do that because that's definitely the point. <laughs> and yes. um, we'll see the challenge. So I think this, if you already love Nubs, you're on board for this series. Whether Nubs is there or not, he won't be, of course. Um, or a Nubs-like character. Um, I think I think you're, you're ready for this show. So there you go. There you go. That's it. That's the news, friends. Uh, more on the way. Uh, I love the, the discussions here. Thanks for uh, listening and supporting. I'll tell you where you can find us right now. We're on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We are on Instagram and YouTube. Thanks to those who hung out with our live stream on uh, mm. last Friday. Alex Damon dropped by quite on plan. We had a lot of fun talking indie and Star Wars. Uh, we uh, are available as a podcast on a lot of spots, including iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, also, some of our episodes are qual- uh, qualify for YouTube podcasts as well, if you want to find us there. Merch available at uh, tpublic.com slash user slash center and patreon.com slash center is where you can support us directly. Follow me at KedNapsock. Uh, if you're on Blue Sky want to follow me, I finally got the invite. I'm finally there. Uh, so uh, join. It's a quiet party over there. Uh, right now. Um, so head on over there or follow me <laughs> com for more. If you're going to San Diego for Comic-Con, I will not be at the con, but I will be doing a comedy show with Mark Ellis and friends July 20th at the American Comedy Company. Jen, where can they uh, find and follow you? Oh, that'll be fun. Um, you can find me on Instagram, YouTube, and Blue Sky at Jennifer Landa. On Instagram, I did post some of the concept art from the Star Wars holiday special, so you can check that out there. And I'm also going to be doing a review of Nubs, the 16-inch Nubs, uh, hopefully within the next week or so. Nice. Nice. Uh, Joseph, uh, where can I find you and your photos of Nubs? Uh, yeah, I, I might have to pick up that nine inch nubs now. Uh, <laughs> you can find me in my kitchen punching lemons and <laughs> done with this film. Uh, uh, but I will have, uh, like I was saying, some, uh, some, uh, more, uh, news coming out about the previous short film I made with, uh, Phil Lamar, some uh, fun stuff happening there. Uh, I, I deeply encourage you, uh, to come, uh, find us on, on blue sky, find myself, find Ken, find Jennifer. Uh, I, I have high hopes of, for that platform. It was really nice to see it finally kind of start to explode this weekend. I know there's some problems on Twitter. I don't know if they uh, loosened up the, uh, the old invite reins, but I think that's what's holding it back. Is it just, it needs more people at the party. So, uh, mm-hmm. please come find us at blue sky as soon as you can. Yeah, I got in uh, this weekend, uh, thanks to our buddy Ken Plume, with an invite. And as I signed up my profile, they shut it down in while I was doing that, which was, I still got oh. it. But I was like, I'm the last in the party. I'm like, I brought shrimp cocktail. Anyone? No? Okay. Here we go. <laughs> they locked the doors and the cops are coming. Okay. <laughs> All right. There you go. There you go, my friends. Uh, that is where you can find and follow us. And we'll see you next time right here on Force. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.